Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com, and of course, the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com, with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Last week, we're coming to you live and on location from Sound for Soldiers, Port Everett, Harbor Marine, right back in the studio where we, but we really shouldn't be like let out of the studio, right? No, we we can get out of the studio can every we? once in a while. I, I like the remotes, um, especially when we're doing an event like Salmon for Soldiers. Especially when we can get out on the water. Dude. Oh, that, oh and, and you know what a great event that was. Uh, it was it was cool. You, you kind of you had some stuff to take care of, so you took off after the fishing part was over, and, and I stayed and, and helped a little bit with the with the ceremony part of the the deal. Uh, and so we asked everybody. You know, there's a lot of folks sitting out there in the audience, and and I I mentioned to Randy. I said I bet you every person <laughs> who was on the water today caught a salmon. You know, the fishing was just. I mean, I don't. When was the last time it was like that for a salmon for soldiers, or has it ever been? Uh, so we asked, and not a single person that attended and was on the water that day did not catch a fish. Everybody pretty, caught a salmon. Pretty cool stuff, dude. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff, and just, you know, it shows you the potential of, of you know, the, a, a wonderful community event like that. So now with Labor Day weekend coming up next week, and I, you know, I, and I'm I'm all about Memorial Day. I'm less about Labor Day, but... We are kind of transitioning into pew, a hunt, pew. which is why we have a very special studio guest today, Mark Boardman, the product experience manager for Vortex Optics. That's still the title, right? Uh, yeah, as <laughs> as ambiguous as ever, and uh, somehow it lets me be here back in the motherland with you guys. So there we go. I'll take it. Right so I um, met you back in the uh, outdoor emporium when it was in Republican and Pontius. Oh yeah. Okay, and and this is before you know the big move. This is these are the dark ages, dude. The early two thousands, and uh, and then so you you you're from here originally, you know, but now you're you're back in Wisconsin at, at Vortex Optics and killing it. Yeah, you know, I never thought I would uh, migrate east and and leave the coast, but uh, it's been it's been a fun ride and just like all those experiences, you know, at outdoor. Then I was at. Uh, you know, a few other outdoor places along the way and finally settled in, in good old Wisconsin at Vortex. It's, it's been a cool ride. But, uh, ooh, man, I think about uh, the outdoor opportunities here all the time, that's for sure. Well, and, and that's, you know, it's great to have you back here. And the reason you're back here, obviously, is a little cast and blast. And so you and Joey, like, literally right after the show, you guys are up and out and up again. <laughs> yeah, we're we're actually going to run to Machias to the Seattle Rifle and Pistol Club and there let Mark Mark's going to use one of my rifles, uh, one of my Browning my Browning six eight Western, and uh, we're just going to go make sure everything's dialed on that front. Really, we're missing the morning part of that hunt, which sure. is important. That's the that's one of the you know you got two very important times to be on the glass in the mountains for bears, and that is. At first light for about two hours, and then in the evenings, that's when those bears are active. So we might as well go to the range, make sure we're dialed, and then we're going to run up, and uh, we got about a five-mile hike, a little bit of elevation to gain, and I picked a spot with a lake, 
So we don't have to pack so, all our water in, and we're going to take some uh, some rods and catch some trout. When too. he said five mile gain, five mile hike in with an elevation gain, think back and butt sweat with this one. You've been on some hikes with him, dude. Oh, oh yeah. I've, oh I've, my goodness. I've hunted with uh, with Joey and and his cousin Ryan before, and. Uh, They've got uh, one speed, and that's full blast. So, uh, oh, Lamp- I, Lampers will straight up try to kill you. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he, he did. I'll tell you what. <laughs> when uh, when I hunted with Lampers this last spring, we circumnavigated these cliffs, and the way we went around the cliffs, I felt was just actually cliffs. And when we got done, I was like, "Bro, like that's my threshold for like exposure, <laughs> things like that." And a little bit later on, a little bit later on, he goes. Well, you know who do some real dangerous <laughs> stuff, though, and I'm like, no. He goes, he goes Joey. He he'd do some things that I wouldn't do, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, that's well, yeah. I, I don't have children, and, yeah, and there we go. I know what Ryan's talking about, and we were on a hunt together, and we were actually having to rock climb with full packs of deer meat, and uh, and at a certain point, Ryan just stopped and goes, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go down and swim the river, and I was like, no way. And he's like, I have children. I want to make it back to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and we're going to dig into Vortex Optics a, a little bit here. And if you've never heard the Vortex Nation podcast, you know, if you have, obviously you've heard, you've heard Mark. He uh, covers just a number of wonderful topics. Very instructive, very interesting. You know, and now some historical kind of cartridge comparisons to some real, real cool stuff. But uh, we're, we're going to break in. It's, it's, if you can't see it, you can't hit it. And ultimately, you can't eat it, right? And that's kind of what kind of what Vortex Optics is all about: is enhancing your outdoor experience in so very many, many ways, from from sighting to ranging to spotting to everything else. It's just, I mean, it, you know, you you can't do your job as a hunter without solid, effective optics that you're familiar with. Oh, it's it's the most important thing, other than the rifle itself, correct? Um, okay, but we got a lot of cool yeah, stuff do. going on yeah, here. Yeah, we do. Um, Obviously, Mark's in studio. Uh, 7 o'clock, we're going to check in with Brianna Bruce, Living Life Adventure. She's going to be up on the Skagit. Um, Gee, uh, who, an all-ladies she... all trip. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're up there targeting the, the most amazing salmon ever, pink salmon. Yes, they are. And they're, it's loaded with them up there. Uh, and she has a, a lady who is very, very special to me. Miss Callie Pyburn, my wife, is actually on a fishing trip, which is uh, – I ha- I had to wake her up this morning when I was getting ready and get her kicked out of the house. Um, and then it, and Callie, then it, Callie bringing back humpies tonight? I told her, do not bring <laughs> do any not humpies bring back. I'm, I'm not going to be there. I'm out of here. So uh, she wouldn't know what to do with them. She is not a cook. Uh, and then at 725, our good friend Eric Lindy checking in from Astoria, so, where the fishing oh, is dude. completely nuclear right now and and this is going to be kind of be our thrust here if you haven't been down to buoy 10 yet um the the effort is dropping off because everybody's freezers are full and they went home okay Mm -hmm. you got one last shot here on labor day weekend and lindy's going to walk you through kind of a labor day 101 with regard to that that buoy 10 fishery because the tides there's a great tide set right now and the fish just keep on coming there's so many coho in the in the ocean right now that even the national marine fishery service has taken off the fin clip restriction so it, it's it's interesting this year when you look at you look at where we're at with regard to our quota because every year we're you know we generally bump up against something but but this year 
all the ports combined as of August 20th were only at 67% of the coho harvest number and only 18% of the coho quota. So there's no way we're going to touch a lot of our our, our, our um, driving stock numbers, right? I mean, you got to really, in a mixed stock environment like that, you got to really, really be careful with some rebounding stocks. Make a long story short, there's no fin clip restriction for coho in the ocean the as, of, as of this morning, up and down the coast. You catch a coho, you bonk a coho, and that's going to speed. And all the guys of the charter fleet at once said, hey, man, come yeah, and come no, it's, it's, Yeah, But, you know, I mean, we're kind of, we're at the end of the season now, basically. But uh, it, it's been one for the books, man. Well, then what, what do we have going on, Nelly, um, at Three Rivers Marine, really where? At 742, we got your good friend, Ray <laughs> so, Roberts, checking so, in. So 10 o'clock today, uh, the final preseason game for the Seahawks, um, and, and, of course, so all the pregame guys are going to be here, Michael Bumpus and, and Ray mm-hmm. Roberts. And I've had Ray on the boat with his sons, right, and, and who, who are both uh, – one of them plays football for Portland State. One of them's back east somewhere. Ray will tell us where. Well, this is straight up, you know, and then we had Ray, you know, over to the house for dinner and sent him home, you know, with one of my soft coolers, right? So the only way I'm going to get my soft cooler back is if we have him in, feed him, <laughs> right? And and had you know he's going to come in and just kind of and then try to coax him back yeah, out on the boat. We'll, we'll fill that cooler oh, back a, up and send he, him home. He would have been with us on Thursday, dude. But he had a special Olympics deal going. So I know Ray Roberts is going to step in, kind of transitioning from uh, from the outdoor line to uh, to the uh, pregame for the final preseason of the year. And, and uh, yeah, you're, you're going to love Ray. Ray's a dandy, just super good guy. Um, all right, let's pop out here for a quick break. Uh, load up that text toy eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. That's a reverse shine hotline brought to you by Wild Wildcraft and Duckworth eight six six nine. Nine seven nine three seven seven six is also uh, the text toy powered by Yamaha Outboards. Give us ninety seconds, and we're going to give you kind of a local rundown of why. If you haven't been on Puget Sound yet, you need to go. You need to go now. We're going to tell you why next during the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station seven ten. Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the outdoor line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. Joey Pyburn to my left. Mark Boardman, Product Experience Manager. I love that title, too, for Vortex Optics. Matt Nelson running the board. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for jumping in with us this morning. Back in studio from a uh, really, really successful Salmon for Soldiers, dude. That was a freaking great, great event. And it, it, it's great for a lot of reasons. And, you know, I mean, we even had one uh, where we had this freak August gale come in. And we kept the fleet at the dock, you know, and we just couldn't do it. So you go from that to everybody, all the vets, active military, caregivers, all these people, every single one of them caught fish. We wore our dudes out in like oh, two dude, hours. We freaking I mean, smoked them, smoked them. Chinook, coho, pinks. Ended on a triple. We left them biting. It's like, yeah, well, guys, I mean, we got, you know. We were having doubles and triples and and when it's like that, it's it's pure chaos on the back deck. You got there was seven of us on the, on board. Yeah. Um there's fish flopping everywhere. I'm double netting fish and and you know, pinks and coho, they get wound up in the oh, net man, and I'm spin. down there trying to get them off, and then the another rod goes off and the shotgun rod's getting bit. It was just so. lights out. But but you and I were running in at the oh, end yeah. of the day and we fish all over the place. And we were like, that might have been one of the funnest days on the water we've had. Well, right? it was be- because you know we'd gone out and and done some homework the day before. You know, we we had a had a small group on a boat and, and rolled rolled on out there, 
and basically found them the second spot we looked and thought, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to just, you know, and, and, and we had, I mean, it, and it was wide open and I mean, wide open and, and you're thinking, okay, let's one more day, baby. Yeah. Come just on, get, one more just day. stay so here. You and, little and, buggers. And, and we're getting, you know, we're getting done with the radio show. I did get done at the remote at Harbor. And, and I'm thinking, oh man, I can't wait to get on the water. I mean, I just can't wait because, and we got out there and they are there again. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, in the same kind of, and then we went out on Sunday and, and it, it was not the same. It wasn't, it the same. changed. So it wasn't the same. Yeah. And, and, and our dear, and our dear friend, who's a vet, Mike Pitson, not only lost one of the biggest Chinook that we've had on the year, but blew up a rod halfway through the real seat. Have you ever seen a rod break at the real seat? No. It was crazy, dude. I've never seen only Pitson, dude. Yeah. Only Pitson could could do that. So, but it was just yeah, abs, absolute classic. So, anyway, so so here's what's going on, gang. We have how do how do I phrase? Okay, when you have a big run of fish, when you have a big run of fish, they are never late. They are never ever late. So, you think about a time of entry curve as these fish come in from the ocean, right? And 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 when the first part of the run, the vanguard of the run starts coming in, you know, and and it's and and it's kind of where are they? Are they not here? It's because the tails of that bell curve are really really short, okay? But when you got a big run, they show up early, and and not only quite often are the are, are the run sizes large, but the individual sizes of the animals are as well. And that's indicative of, of wonderful grazing conditions on the oceanic pasture, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, dude, the sizes of the pinks. And then uh, on Thursday, even the flesh color of the pinks, they, so, they were, I've never seen pinks that were that red, indicative of, of krill and, and keratin, anastaxin pigment that they're, they're obtaining out in the ocean in the straits. And I'll, listen, I'm tired of guys hearing guys talk about how pinks are not good table fare. So I kept one filet. I took it home. I seasoned it up, left it in the fridge overnight. Yeah. I cooked it last night for my wife and, and her mother-in-law, or my mother-in-law. And, uh, dude, fantastic. And, you know, yeah. y- you cook them fast. It's like three minutes on, well, a, on a 400-degree grill. It was excellent. Um, so don't think you can't eat these pinks. They're, they're great. Some, some exciting news. I checked in with Kerry Hoffman yesterday. CNH Guide Service, a lot of coho out there. Right. They're starting to see yeah. more and more ocean coho yep. down in 10. Yep. Uh, also, Justin Wong from Cut Plug Charters, same thing. He said, man, there's the coho are here. There's obviously a lot of pinks around. If you want, And we had, a, we had a question on the text toy here. If you want to focus your efforts and catch coho, you got to speed up. Go faster. Um you're still going to catch pinks, but you're going to catch pinks. You're, but too. and then gonna, and then get get away from the pink gear and start running whites and green right. hoochies. Absolutely, and maybe a little bit bigger spoons. Shorten up your leaders and go fast. And then if like Justin, he's just he's straight up mooching, yeah. right? Yeah, reds and greens, cut plug and. Look for surface activity in the morning. Find the bait on the surface. Get on top of it. Drop your gear. Don't go any deeper than, say, 75 feet. And then pick up your retrieval rate. Make it faster, and that'll help you stay away from those pinks. So he's Justin uh, caught pinks. He's catching pinks up to 11 pounds, or coho up to 11 pounds. I, nice I got fish. I, I got to say, you know, I listen to the show just about every weekend, and the fishing sounds like it's been so bananas. And it, it's hard for me to fathom hearing you guys talk about, okay, if we're going to catch these salmon— 
we're gonna have to get away from these salmon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, a wonder <laughs> a wonderful problem to have for sure. But the thing of it is, and and one of the reasons I'm I'm so excited is the peak of the coho run is three weeks from now. Okay. And and coho metabolically are so hot, Mark. That they they double their body size in, in, in their last six months of life, okay, and that last month of life, even they'll they'll put on another good pound, pound and a half, two pounds. So, you know, you're seeing easily documented coho up over ten pounds right now. Dude, I'm telling you, we got three coho derbies coming up. You know, it over, over the next month. You, you got the Edmonds. You got this new Skagit uh, um, Charity Classic, kind of a kind of a um, you know kind of a big dollar event and that takes place the second weekend, and then and then the Everett Coho Derby. And and I'm telling you, all three of those. If, if you don't have a 15 pounder, don't even bother weighing it in. It's it's just you know, and and to, to have this amount of coho right now and be three weeks to a month away from the peak of the run. This is really going to be a special fall around here. I mean, it's going to be a yeah, lot well, of fun. I mean, we still have I mean, a lot to look forward to for sure. in our, our salmon fishing here in, in Puget Sound. Um, for some of you guys, if you're out there and you want to, you know, focus on some of those coho now, Kerry said on incoming tide, hit the oil docks, Richmond or West Point. On the outgoing tide, move to the other side, Jeff Head, President Point, Apple Cove, uh, fish the surface down to 90 feet. As soon as that sun hits the water, you're going to have, you know, those fish are going to move down, go down a little bit deeper. He's running hoochies or spoons, short leaders, white and greens, and he's putting scent or herring strips on all his gear right now. And, Which, and he's, and again, <laughs> he's trolling faster than most of the guys right. out there. So, uh, so a couple things, and, and we do have a couple texts here from the 206. Good morning. Many of your listeners are relatively new to Puget Sound salmon fishing. As we head to coho season, give us a brief overview of how to successfully transition to silvers. I think we're kind of doing that right now. Listen every weekend and becoming a better fisherman from listening to you guys. Thank you. Well, thank you for the kind words. Um, and, and, and again, with respect to Chinook techniques and transitioning to coho, we're, we're so very, very structure oriented with Chinook. And, and so in doing so, you, you know, you're going to get a Joey Pyburn signature model downrigger ball with a, with all this, you know, scraped off the bottom, right? Polished. Right? So, and, and that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of attention and you have to live on that downrigger. And that's, what's kind of fun about coho is we're fishing in the middle of the water column. You're, you're not, um, paying that much attention you're not that close to structure you're not necessarily working a specific depth band you're chasing marks up and down the water column and these marks are responding right and so so decrease your depths increase your speed decrease the size of your gear and that's a great transition from coho from chinook to coho and and one thing that's cool about coho you know you can when we're fishing chinook and i'm on the bottom and i'm just staring at that t- tip of that rod sometimes the rod just will barely move yeah yeah and and you'd think well that's a small fish. No. Chinook will come up and grab grab your bait or your lure, and then they'll feel, feel those hooks, and then they open their mouth, and they want to shake it, and they just shake their head, and your rod might dink, 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 dink. Coho, a four-pound coho will rip your gear off the downrigger, and your rod will be bent over like crazy, just bouncing, right? How many people do we say, oh, this is a big one, this is a big one, and brought back and it's, it's well, that's... Five, five yeah, six-pound six coho. coho. Fine. But, you know? which is, that, that's exciting, though. I love that sure. part of it. And the, the, the shotgun rod... Has uh, has really done some work, and that okay. there's nothing better than seeing that thing just bent over, almost bouncing on the on the motors off the back of the boat. Just a sinker, man. Just just a sinker, right in the prop wash. Yeah, and 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 a, and a cut plug or or something in a head, or you know. So, um, 
And uh, from the 206 also, Sam Soldiers last Saturday was the hottest fish in our record for the, for the, for the event. Uh, four years ago, we only got a few bites with no fish in a box. I mean, yeah, it's, it's absolutely stellar. So we mentioned two regulation updates, and actually there's three. Uh, there's now a bonus limit for pink salmon in the straits in areas 5, 6, and 7. Um, it's now any coho, so non-selective marine areas 1 through 4 in the ocean. You catch a coho, you bonk it. And then they came out with this other regulation. We got a question from the 360. Any idea why this was put in place? Um, you can't land wild coho or any chinook in cq right now okay that's marine area five marine area four near bay is open for any coho yeah and it's open for chinook so you can't run from cq out to near bay and return those fish back to that port yeah so that's you know i it sucks it's it's, like come on i mean it's it's an enforcement issue. I get it, but dude, it's ten miles. You know you can so so here's and here's the what I why I have a problem with that. You and I can go out in Bay, load up the friggin' boat, and run back to the Port Everett with mm-hmm. all those fish. Yeah, you know, and we're running through all those areas. We're transit. Mm-hmm. We're transiting those areas. So so this you know it's interesting to me. Another question two five three. Um, do you think we'll be able to fish coho and area 11 out of the boat this year? Will WTFW continue to strangle? Hold on. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to try to go two shows in a row without hammering on the idiocy of WDFW. And that's really the only word for it these days. Um, so right now, uh, Marine area 11 is only open to bank angling. Okay. Which on a year of this abundance, again, our, our opportunity in Puget Sound is completely untethered from abundance. It has nothing to do with with abundance it's it's uh, just WDFW's lack of advocacy for anglers and don't this is going to be the winter of our discontent guys and we're going to we're going to you know show you how to uh, affect the process but my understanding is there are Chinook non-retention impacts built into the list of agreed to fisheries that will on September 1st which is what Thursday uh, I Thursday. believe so yeah so you're going to be able to you know what I'm going to open, open up a calendar actually Friday Friday, this coming Friday, you'll be able to fish your beloved Marine Area 11, and it is an absolute travesty that you haven't been able to fish it. I know. And leave 3,000 Chinook on the table. Yeah. It's just, you know, but that's fine. Okay. That, that's I mean, fine. It, yeah. it, it just, it's just going to fire us up more for well, North of Falcon, so, you know, and, and trying to get some of this stuff worked out for next season so we're well, not dealing with this. North of Falcon's already started, dude. I'm telling you. It's... Uh, it, it, we're we're going to uh, we're going to give you guys some options to affect the process. All right, we have Mark Boardman here for a reason, and the reason is the next segment. And there's there's so much new and exciting and absolutely mandatory for hunters to have in the field. And everybody talks about you know generically, oh, it talks about a rifle scope, and oh, it talks about a rangefinder, and I talk about binoculars, but they don't talk about how these things work together to expand your effective range of field. It's and 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 I don't think with the possible exception of some of the new rifle cartridges at 6.8 western that you're going to be shooting the PRCs and stuff like that, I don't think there has been a, a, an area of hunting that's that's had bigger and more significant technological advances than optics. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's incredible, Tom. I mean what a person can get uh, particularly for the, their dollar these days. I mean, you're getting an incredible amount of optical performance. Uh, it, it really will change 
the way you hunt. It will change your success in the field. Uh, it is just so incredibly impactful. I mean, I, I truly believe like optics, you know, they fall in that, you know, top three or five items that are essential for the hunt. What do we mean by that? We're going to tell you that tell you all about it right after the break. Right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI Shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line, presented by BOMAC here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports App. Very, very happy to have our dear friend Mark Boardman, who is going to be probably smelling like a bear about this time tomorrow with, uh, with Joey Pyburn That's- up in the hills. And then uh, you're going to roll back down here, and we're uh, hopefully going to bend a rod Monday and or Tuesday. When you how, when you flying out? I think I fly out uh, Friday evening. We got, oh, we got okay, some time. So we got, all so, right. Okay. So yeah. The, yeah. They're, we're, they're we're, probably, we're probably not coming out of the mountains till Tuesday probably. night. Okay. All right. Because um, well, we're going to be I, so heavy with bear well, yeah, that but, it's going to take a couple know, days to get out. If, if, I, if, if I have to take you out fishing on, on Wednesday or Thursday, dude, I'm all about that. It's just going to be a lot of fun. But you're here to talk about what vortex optics can do can do for you and just most of the folks that will use your products started out with a even even with a bb gun or a shotgun right or or maybe a 22 with open sights right and so then the next step up obviously from having a line of rear side up with a front sight and a target so there's three things your eye has to reconcile and one of the greatest things that rifle scopes do for you is they put all three of those things on one focal plane. You put that crosshair on that target, bam, it's right there. But it's not just that. It's magnification, it's light gathering, and now combining the use of a rifle scope with a rangefinder and a tactical dialing scope is in and of itself another discipline that that you need to learn, that you need to grasp. And so tell us about your challenges from a manufacturer standpoint of introducing these products, getting folks not just familiar with their operational characteristics, but but also proficient. How do you how do you do that, man? So I mean, I, Tom, whether it's fishing or hunting or optics, like everybody's starting or at a different place in their journey, right? Like you said, if you're starting off, and this would be whether you're a youth or even just like a new person to hunting, shooting, no better way to start off than with a BB gun, yeah. with a 22. Uh, the shotgun sports, I mean, very, uh, very social. You're not, you know, you don't have to be quiet or anything like that. Um, they're fun, you know, and it teaches you, uh, you know, how to operate a firearm, teaches you how to be safe. Um, and also with like those... Uh, you know, like a, a 22 or something like that. I would say if you're introducing somebody to shooting, if you have the ability to do it suppressed, that is going to improve their overall experience. When you've got like, you know, essentially that explosion going off, it doesn't necessarily translate to recoil, but people perceive it yeah, as recoil. And they're going to they're gonna be a better shooter and they're going to have a more positive introduction if you can do it. Uh, do it suppressed at the very least with solid ear protection and and i'm not talking about a cleaning wad stuffed in your ear you can use a combination of inside the earplugs and over the earplugs or just some of the new active gun mufflers do a really really great job i'm i'm all about that that's and then and then so from from a taking them for the basic aspects of shooting now introducing them to the advantages of a rifle scope. I mean, the, the advantages of a, of a rifle scope, 
you know, I always say I sit in my, my Vortex Optics chair, but they are insurmountable. I mean, it will make you a better shooter uh, through and through. Um, like you said, there's different styles of magnified optics. You've got second focal, po- second focal plane optics, um, which I'd say that's where I would say a person should start. Um, and it's just going to be a more simple, easy to operate. Uh, sometimes that's the stuff that works better in the field, I find. If it's, <laughs> if it's more simple, there's less things that I can personally sure. foul up. Um, and essentially, you know, that second focal plane optic, that's going to be your more traditional style rifle scope. The reticle is essentially static. Only the image zooms in and out. The reticle stays the same all the time. And that's, that's absolutely huge. And so now you bring in rangefinders, which are fairly new within the past decade and, and handheld, you know, affordable. I mean, we're seeing, at least in the last decade, we've seen their acceptance broadly across, across the hunting market. But, but it's not just the range. Now you can take a ballistics report from your cartridge and even enter it, right? So now you you have great information with regard to the range. You can dial your scope. So tell us a little bit about that interplay between a rangefinder and a rifle scope and how it stretches out your effective range, your, your, your ethical range as a hunter. Absolutely. I mean, rangefinders have changed the shooting landscape, whether it's bow hunting or rifle hunting. Uh, the ability to know the distance to your target ha- had a had a cascading effect on what you know hunters and shooters are able to do, um, you know, and really that that the rangefinder is the baseline for ballistic calculators for these um, you know uh, uh, optics that integrate ballistic solvers now, so you can input input your data directly into the unit or into an app. That connects to the unit via Bluetooth. I mean, it sounds pretty complicated. We we're just talking about simple stuff. Now we're at the advanced stuff yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then you have uh, rifle scopes with uh, turrets built to dial to compensate for that ballistic drop for the solution that your ballistic rangefinder or binocular is spitting out. Uh, it's pretty wild stuff. And and it, if that sounds complex, it really isn't. Yeah. Uh, but you got to have that baseline that we we're talking about earlier to to get there. Well, and, and you also have to go out and practice with with these products and, and go to the range and, and use them. You know, a lot of guys I know guys who they take their gun to the rifle range, say in August, they shoot it a few times, they put it back, they break it yep. out in October, they shoot it from the bench, they, you shoot it, yep, at the range, yeah, make sure it's still you know zeroed. Then they put it away. They break it out in October. They hunt for three to five days. They put it away, and they don't use it the rest of the year, right? Those guys are not going to be able to utilize this kind of equipment. You need to, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy that Razor HD four thousand GB, you need to use it, and you need to really figure it out. Which, like you said, it's not that complicated, Mark. But you you got to practice with this stuff, um, and then like. The, the binos now. Now we have binos where the Furies, you just push the button and boom, there's your range. And you can scan around. That's been huge for me. I love that part of it. Uh, I obviously carry a range finder also at times. But on a lot of hunts, I don't even take a range finder anymore. I just use my Furies. And there, that is so cool. And, and when it's boring glassing, it's fun to like, I'll look over at something and be like, okay, uh, I'm going to guess that's 300 
50 yards, and then bam, you hit the button. Oh, it's 375 or whatever, right? It's a great way to practice your skill because you don't always have time to range something. And if they if it's in that comfortable shooting distance between what I like is like 200 to 300 yards mm-hmm. and you don't have time, you should be able to take that shot and you know by using your eye that's in my effective range without having to dial. Oh, I, I play I play guess the range all yeah, the time. All the time. You know, and whether I'm bow hunting or rifle hunting, like you said, you don't necessarily have that time. And it's also a great idea, you know, if we're talking tips, like pre-range stuff. Like if you're in a spot where you think you're likely going to get a shot, man, range that tree, yeah, range sure. that rock. So in the moment of truth, you can be like, yep, I know that's going to be that. And then ranges are super deceiving too. I've been in many scenarios where I'm like, man, that's too far to shoot. And you're like, oh. That's actually within my effective range. Yeah. Or sometimes you're like, oh, that's not that far. And you're like, that's eh, a little far. We might need to get closer. But you, know, you, you talk about this complexity, and, and, and to cut through the complexity, you have to practice with it. But it's really the same thing. I mean, if you you talk about you know basic fishing and somebody's in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a lake and they've they've got a hook and a weight and that's it. Okay, well now you know we've got people running boats with complicated marine optics and downriggers and every, excuse me complicated marine electronics right and downriggers and everything and how you downriggers use, that network together yes, and talk to each and, other and, 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 and I mean it's, and so it's the effectiveness difference in something like that and that's that's the advantage but. With with hunting, it's obviously different because you are you want to make an ethical, effective one shot harvest of these animals, right? And 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 so you owe it to not only you know your other hunters, but you owe it to that animal to be a good shot and take effective shots. And that's where these things really stand out. And once you know the range, you've practiced with it. There's a degree of confidence that then is associated with that. And, 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 you know, that's going to make you a better hunter because you're not going to have that in the back. You're, oh, I don't know about this. No, you know, because you know the range and you know the round and you know the, you know the country. And that's, and that's absolutely a big key. 100%. I mean, once you know that your gear is 100% dialed, then you know that it's just up to you. And that's when you can work on yourself as well and your shooting, like you said, build that confidence. But a lot of that confidence comes from knowing that you are completely dialed with your rifle system. Also, go check out my WDFW. Our buddy Tom Ryle has popped out hunting highlights for the year, kind of uh, you know, kind of a preseason. Not just tuning you know your knowledge up, but maybe tuning yourself up too. So go check that out on mywdfw.com. All right, we'll pop out of here for a quick break. We're right back at you with Raymarine picks of the week for the final time in August. How in the heck, Joey? Gross. How'd that happen? Gross. Labor Day weekend. It went so fast. Labor Day weekend staring us in the face right here on the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Open water can be unpredictable. With a multifunction Axiom chart plotter on your side, you can stay confident in all conditions. Engineered for speed, tune of operation, rugged performance, Axiom chart plotters employ the same advanced navigational technology trusted for over 2,000 United States Coast Guard vessels. It's good enough for the USCG, it's good enough for me. Wild coho are open game on the coast. Yes. All marine, coastal marine areas are open for uh, for keeping your wild coho. Fishing has been fantastic all along the whole Washington coast. The Puget Sound has been great. Uh, don't forget, we still have Bellingham Bay going up there. Uncle Ray's been up there punishing those Chinook <laughs> like, uh, like he should. And, um, and then, dude, just down here in the Sound, Area 10, 
Uh, my, our good buddy Chris Sherwood sent me pictures yesterday. I was coming off the water. I, I had to run the commercial boat um, in the middle of the night. And here come the pics from him at like, you know, he's a, oh, yeah. he gets to fish for like an hour yeah. every morning. So they're right there at the oil docks. Beautiful, beautiful, like eight, nine pound ocean coho. They had to release a really nice Chinook. Uh, you know, there's still plenty of Chinook out there that we're not able to access. Um, but there are a lot of them out there and guys are catching them incidentally fishing for the coho and the pinks. Great time to be on the water. Um, you know, again, we kind of covered... Uh, the gear stuff, but you know, this well, time of year, you, you can start switching and and really targeting those coho by speeding up, using some some different colors, shortening those leaders. Make those those coho are going to be able to chase so that stuff down. That that's a great point. So, well, you know, we fished a couple days together this week, and you know, rolling back in, um, you know, from from nine and ten, and and rolling back into Everett, Port of Everett, we. Uh, you know, you see a bunch of guys in there in Humpy Hollow and stuff, and, and, and they're targeting pinks, and, and they're catching the occasional coho. If you want to, and you could target coho, and you're going to catch pinks incidentally. So there's a big advantage, though, to fishing hoochies, like you mentioned, on a shorter leader, okay? Dogfish will not as e- easily catch those those hoochies because they're whipping around behind a flasher. Now, how short, what's a good landmark? So your flasher is 11 inches. Okay. You don't need any more than two, two and a half flasher lengths. That's it. Yeah. And then you can 30 inches tops. And then you can even, you can really shorten that thing up. And sometimes you'll find, you know, like like down at Bowie 10, yep. those guys are running spinners right now, and, and sometimes those leaders are 18, 20 inches long, and those tight. Chinook are getting tight, tight, tight. You know, and it's that whipping action that, that triggers that bite. So, and then and then something else we really haven't talked about for a while, but, you know, it if flashers are a pain in the butt, okay, because they dampen the fight of the fish. Now, over the past couple of years, you and I have started using these Simon magnetic releases, and they're an absolute game changer on a flasher, okay? And they reset themselves very easily. I Dude, mean, and, and, it's just their money. And you, you kind of, you know, we had the progression of uh, release flashers, and there's been all kinds. Sure, you know, starting out way them. back, you know, when you'd stub, shove the little yeah, pin the, in, the and sometimes it, sometimes and, it would pop, sometimes yep. it wouldn't. Rob Alcox, far better flasher. These you know, magnetic ones Dude. are just—they're the best one I've ever used, and, well, and the, the simplest. And one and they're to convertible. Use. You don't need to, to permanently alter a flasher. They snap on there, and I was m- kind of coming up with my own and this thing. Dude, they're just—they just work perfectly. Okay, but. They not only enhance the fight of the fish, but you you land a higher percentage of the fish that you hook because you're taking that flasher and that second point of leverage out of the equation, right? Because because you know as a fish runs laterally through the water column, they can drag that flasher. It can it can come and strike their body, make them act differently. They can wrap up in it, but by by removing that leverage from that flasher, we land a higher percentage of the fish we catch. Shorten up the leaders. That's absolutely key. Yes. Now, our next guest, Brianna Bruce, who's going to be up in the Skagit right now, was also talking about, like, she didn't even have downriggers on her boat, I don't think, for Salmon for Soldiers. No. And she was running out on the bay, and she'll talk about this next segment, and just finding some surface activity and then just 
dropping buzz bombs and jigs down. And, and then you can run your lightweight steelhead tack gear, right? Ultralight trout rods. And listen, those <laughs> pinks will they'll beat you up. Yes. Good. I mean, even on even on our salmon gear out great. there, they fight great. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to have a good time and, and go out and fish with the kids, Bree will kind of run us through that whole program. But it's a it's a very fun, fast way to get on a bunch of salmon. And this is a great time of year um, because not you know, the weather's very calm and very nice and and warm enough. We've right? been very lucky this summer. We have, we have been. not it's had been, a lot of blows. No, it's it, it's been nice. And so now for the small boat angler, he has access to a bunch of fish. You don't need downriggers. You really don't even need marine electronics. Sorry, Ray Marine. I know this is your, your segment and everything, but look, you don't. No, you because don't. look what we what we use marine electronics for is looking for the fish. Just look. Yeah. They're jumping out of the water all over the place if out you there. Don't, if you don't see them jumping. Yeah. Okay, your eyes are your marine electronics. Yes. You, you may point. need to go to vortexoptics.com <laughs> and get a couple razors attached yeah. surgically to your eyeballs. No. I, I mean, dude, like, you know, the last day we came back in, I mean, they're popping like popcorn on the, on the surface of the water. Yeah. Just, just absolutely nuts. Um, okay. It's an absolute heartbreaking tragedy what's gone on in Maui. Okay. Here's your chance to help. There's a wonderful Hawaiian family that has a great restaurant in Marysville, Taste of Aloha, 514 State Ave, Marysville. Um, They've got a fundraiser going on today, and darn tootin', I've already put my order in, right? They have some amazing – they're they're doing this combination Korean chicken, teriyaki beef, um, Hawaiian spam, uh, breaded fish served over for cocky-covered white rice garnished with pickled radish, everything. So these are it's a fundraiser plate. It goes on today, Saturday, August 26th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's Taste of Aloha in Marysville. And all the funds generated are going to the Maui Strong Fund to, uh, to help out what's going on there. And, Mark, we were talking about this. Uh, Mark Boardman, Vortex Optics, in, our in-studio guest today. And and you kind of had an interesting take, having visited Maui and hunted recently, of of some of the locals' reaction to to you know the, to the tragedy and, and how people really can help by by coming in. Yeah, so I had the opportunity to hunt the island, uh, gosh, two Julys ago, and it's such an amazing place. And there's there's uh, the the like you said, just catastrophic tragic these fires and and just what's what's resulted from them and i was chatting with one of the people that i was able to uh, meet hang out fish with on the island and one thing that he said that a person might be able to help with is actually visiting the island tourism you know uh, at first glance i'd been like oh my gosh it's shut down you can't go there and certainly there are parts of the island that are shut down you're not going to be able to go there i mean iconic historic places of the places on the island, I mean, they're they're tragically gone now, but there is that tourism-based economy, and and there are people that need help, you know, via that vehicle. Yeah, they still need to make a living there, and and you know, if you've ever been to to Maui or Lahaina, that were were they were affected greatly there. Um, that's what's going on there. I mean, the economy is based around the tourism. So, yeah, I mean, I I kind I didn't even think about that myself. I just thought, wow. They probably right. want to be left yeah. alone, and well, there's and, you know, and there's areas that that you you know you're not allowed into, and and and, and without getting too far into it, you know, in, in in my time working in public safety, we worked with a lot of 
guys that run dogs, right, to, to find remains and stuff like that, and, 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 and things just burned so hot and reduced everything to ash, even that is a challenge. Now, obviously, those part, that part of the island you're not going to be allowed on, but there are just a lot of wonderful places on Maui that you can enjoy. And, and, and once again, um, Taste of Aloha in Marysville, 514 fundraiser to, to um, raise some money. You're going to get a great meal. MauiRapidResponse.org is where the money's going. So once again, uh, Taste of Aloha in Marysville from 10 to 2. I'm getting out of here and head straight for them because I've already ordered and mine's, mine's going to be there early. So, all right, we'll pop out here for a quick break. One of the cool things about the massive amount of salmon in the sound right now is they're all going up in the rivers. And mm-hmm. The rivers are going to provide some amazing, in fact, already are. And that's where Brianna Bruce, livinglifeadventures.com is going to be found. And she's next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App.